<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And I hope you get to check out my good fiends at a decade of horror on the PSVG Podcast Network. I hope you love them like I do. They're a scream. <laughs> Coming to get you, Barbara. What's up, ghouls and ghosts, and welcome to another episode of PSVG's A Decade of Horror, the latest podcast on the PSVG Podcast Network, where we relive the year that was 2015, one horror movie at a time. PSVG Scream Team is here once again, myself, Lucas, and Josh Bones. Boo! Boo, that's your thing? I'm a ghost. I'm a spooky ghost. (laughs) Terrible ghost, Josh. We gotta work on that. Um, I'm excited for this episode in a way that I don't think I've been excited about any other episode. Um, I told you guys kind of leading up to this, I have what I think is a hot take for this episode that I'm sure it's going to come up. I'm sure. And I rewatched it with my wife and I tried to validate my own feelings. And um, in particular, Josh, I don't think it's going to go well. So oh, I've no. been kind of dreading even, I guess, this no show, pressure, as you could say, to, sure pull a, to pull a, a <laughs> horror movie. Um, so, yes. But before we do that, let's get into everybody's favorite segment of the show, Fun Facts <laughs> with Josh. The reason they're here. We need okay, a ready? jingle. We're going to keep it going with 2014. We're going to do um, good and horrific to stick with the horrific theme. Nice. Good. Star Wars The Force Awakens is number one at the yearly box office. Oh, well, I don't know if I'd call that good. That movie was terrible for the following You're thinking reasons. of The Last Jedi, Oh, uh, according to the internet. I remember um, that. I was there day one, <laughs> opening night. Had a blast. You're thinking of the Mass Effect 3 of Star Wars movies, where they want the ending change. Uh, in horrific news... Old Town Road is number one in the oh, Billboard charts. Why do I feel like that was so much like more it's recent so close. than that? Yeah, because we've had to hear it for three years since then. <laughs> wow. I, If you would ask me, like if I was in Trivial Pursuit or something, I might have suggested that was like last year. I actually think I saw like that in a commercial reference or something. And I, yeah, I did. Like last week I asked my wife, I was like, is that still a thing? Because <laughs> you're thinking of the Billy Ray Cyrus remaster. Uh, re, not oh, you're talking about the original. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. OG, Old Town Road. Oh, see, this is how much I'm not in the music scene. I don't even know. <laughs> I was talking about the, the, the remix. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's what most people know as the only. So it's not, oh, it's not okay. on you. Most okay. people only know it because of Billy Ray. Like you blew my mind. I was like, that was in 2015? <laughs> no way. Uh, I mean, according to the internets, and uh, based on this podcast history, there's a 70-30 chance I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get into the neutral news, the the sports teams. I mean, this seems towards the positive for me, the hoorays. Uh, Capitals, the Washington Capitals win the Stanley Cup. The New England Patriots win the Super Bowl, not their last. The Royals win the World Series. That's and awesome. the Golden State Warriors take... Oh. NBA championship. That's the one we deserved that we didn't have. We should have won that one. We shouldn't have won the you one we did. You. 
<laughs> we shouldn't have won the one we did, but we should have won that one. What's your uh, Cleveland basketball team, the Cleveland Browns? What? That's a joke, right? Like, you didn't mean to yes, say that? Okay. That's a joke. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember this. I very vividly remember this. Uh, we had a total lunar eclipse. You actually had to get special glasses to watch it. Is that the one you had to watch in the middle of the day? Yeah, and you had to use those 3D glasses that weren't technically 3D glasses. I think I was on a uh, film shoot when this happened because I remember (laughs) (laughs) I remember not being at home for this very. You had to skip lunch with Spielberg. You just couldn't. Well, you didn't have to be at home. You could have seen it anywhere, Lucas. It was a total lunar eclipse. (laughs) We we looked at it with our special glasses. There's a gift. I was working and I was on the roof of my school watching it with some teachers. There's an emoji it, of me in the Discord. I was just going to ask that. Yes, that, that is the lunar eclipse. I remember being um, let down. I didn't think it was all that great. Oh, I thought it was the coolest thing I'd seen since Haley's. At our it. place, it didn't get really dark. Like, it didn't get dark at all, actually. Oh. It was kind of like a cloud. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> like it was, I know what you're saying. Like, it was still very bright outside, you know? So, like, it yeah. wasn't like this big event, you know, that I you see in, like, the movies and stuff. I think equator for total no sun i think it was just at the equator that that happened okay i was more disappointed because the gates of hell didn't open like they were supposed to mm. and demons didn't start i mean pouring i went in there with the impressions of like apocalypto <laughs> and just came out really let down i was like what yep. what is this I minor you. annoyance <laughs> lame that's kind of like the build-up to the number one of this episode oh no uh, <laughs> <laughs> We had an horrific news. We had a 7.8 earthquake that hit Nepal, India, China, and Bangladesh, killing 9,018 people. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, we also, in horrific news, and also obvious news, we found out that FIFA is corrupt as hell. And the whole board basically stepped down in what is essentially almost a mafia-style organization where they were lining their pockets and got caught. Yikes. That was gross. I didn't even think I even knew that. Like that's new to me. That's how little I, think I follow I, soccer. I'm like, wow. I think I only know because the Simpsons did an episode on it or something. And I wasn't even watching the Simpsons at that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, horrific news. Uh, I didn't list individual things because there were so many and it would just turn into a Sad podcast. We are inundated with ISIL and ISIS attacks worldwide. Mm. Uh, Good news. Cuba and the U.S. bury the hatchet. You can now go visit Cuba. You can stay there. I am. Cool. Just like that. With a snap of a finger. Uh, We were like, we don't even know what we were fighting about. I don't even even think about you. (laughs) It's just Donald Draper. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, you like just nail him to the wall. Who? have sad feelings for the rest of their life. <laughs> I don't even the think Cuba. That. Is that still a thing? Huh? Uh, NASA. Uh, good news. NASA finds water on Mars. Big news. Yeah. For the, the sci-fi oh. thriller industry rejoices. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Something new to write about potatoes as he reads it. Uh, more good news. Justin Trudeau becomes prime minister of Canada. Spoilers. A few years later, they find out he did blackface. Uh, notable <laughs> deaths. <laughs> Terry Pratchett, B.B. King, hmm. for Donnie, 
We got Dusty Rhodes and Roddy Piper. Oof. Wes Craven and Yogi Berra. Wes Craven. All 2015. Good news. Hamilton debuts on Broadway, officially. I'm sure it was in previews before that. And everybody I know was priced out of watching it. <laughs> exactly. Well, the first year, you could get in good. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, but I didn't know what it was the first yeah, year. Nobody did. <laughs> exactly. Uh, ex- in fact, people were like, uh, Broadway musical about Alexander Hamilton? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. Donnie um, pretty much predicted this one. Mad Men ends in 2015. Hmm. Coca-Cola deal that everyone and no one saw coming simultaneously. In a Who Cares news, Jon Snow, quote, dies, end quote. Uh, oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, back when it was good. Uh, also, in not good, not bad news, uh, we have The Jinx and Making a Murderer be- both become huge hits in 2015. The Jinx being the HBO documentary where they literally catch a murderer on tape saying he killed people. Yep. And Making a Murderer, the Netflix documentary where... They never figure out what the hell happened. <laughs> that that documentary is fascinating. It's fascinating in how someone filmed a documentary about it. Yep. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner is born. And to end 2015, Jessica Jones, Narcos, and Kimmy Schmidt dominate Netflix ratings. Also premiere that year. And we're immediately canceled. I was saying canceled next year. <laughs> uh, Narcos run for five Seasons, four seasons. Jessica Jones went for three. Kimmy Schmidt went for four in a movie. I think pretty successful, you critics. <laughs> I was just making a joke. Oh, you're right in the eye, you critics. <laughs> wow. You got me. Nailed you. Well, <laughs> well, are you prepared to be outraged by this year's top dominating grossing US box office movies. Most curious I've been about a year since we've done it. So I have I have 15 oh. movies that cracked my shortlist for this year Ooh, alone. Can we do this now? I I hope none of them will be I'm the top 3. I, oh wait, no one of them will be. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I don't think any of these I think one of them could be just because of the actors that were in it, but it didn't crack my top 3. I don't expect Johnny, any of my top 3 to be on here. I had 14, the most we've done since. Wow. Yeah. Nine so before we get the box office stuff, let me ask you guys this. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much you guys might relate or not relate to this. I didn't really have a strong, favorable pick for this year. I feel like I have a lot of like B pluses. Number twos. I have yeah. a lot of twos and threes. I probably have yeah. 10 of those. And like, there was no... For me, there's no Babadook here. You know, there was no like, oh my God, I'm going to go Trump for this one. Like I had a hard time kind of pulling together the list. I had that feeling I had to rewatch a lot to really, I had the movies written out yep. with no particular order. And then I had to watch them to order them basically. Yeah. So uh, this is where I, a lot of my rewatching went. I had an interesting thing happen to me during last episode. Where my number one for last episode became my number one for this episode, mm-hmm. and my number one for this episode became my number one for next episode. 
Okay. Wow. Not the most messed up thing. I went through all that emotionally while you guys were talking about the third movie, which I didn't even retain what it was. Oh. <laughs> so Lucas, let us know what the what the what the masses chose. Sure. Number three. Uh, I'm sure we'll all be really favorable towards this movie. Do you remember The Perfect Guy? No. What? Yeah. <laughs> I've never either. heard of this. I just want to be clear that this is coming up on the horror. Not to be confused uh, I, with I The Invisible Man, The Perfect Guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. Uh, after breaking up with her boyfriend, a professional woman, a professional woman, <laughs> What a weird <laughs> girl by day, professional woman at night. That was great. <laughs> I just read the. I just read I it. just whatever's on the teleprompter. Yep, a professional woman gets involved with a man who seems almost too good to be true. Eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That sounds 36 meta score. It made $57 million. This is why people are in the film game. (laughs) What's the budget? Do you have the budget? Uh, Let me see if I can find it. Uh, Budget is 12 million estimated. Hey, good for them. (laughs) Yeah, right. They did something. Wow. They, They made a thing. Yeah, this is, I know it never this is brand new to me. Okay. So I'm guessing some sort of thriller slash horror. Uh, guy turns out too good to be true. Yeah. Turns out he is or whatever. Terrible. Awful. Uh, number two, we have a horror movie, an actual horror movie. It's called The Visit. Talking about uh, getting older. Uh, number three. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I see. I thought there might be a chance. Uh, $65 million. Better than the perfect guy, at least. Uh, a 55 meta score. Again, the higher end of what you could possibly. That's a, hor- for. that's a horror nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, is number one Gersberms? Oh, my God. Gersberms. Number one. You're right. A movie that is. Is no, it horror? <laughs> it's kid horror, right? Yeah. You know, it's uh, so no surprise there. If you if you are counting a family comedy adventure as also being horror because it's loosely based on books that were scary when you were in third grade. What's um, the the movie? What's going on over here? What's the other one? I mean, at least scary stories to tell in the dark was actually like scarring. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, the, the Jack Black vehicle. To uh, to so go now, and see. So now, after now, now that we've gotten to 2015, I'm not exactly sure what's the more depressing segment: fun facts with Josh or box office hits with Lucas. <laughs> no, I haven't even got to the depressing part. <laughs> this earned 80 million dollars. <laughs> well, of course it did, though, right? It's Lucas, if it was animated, it would have made 800 million dollars. That's, That's true. true. That's true. That's yeah. true. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, well, spoilers aside, I'll go ahead and kick us off. My number three is The Visit. Um, I think the way that it tracked on your list is because it was directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Um, who I wrote down is a legend. How do you he guys feel a- about that statement? It's true, right? I love, I love him as a director. So do I. He gets a lot of crap because 
He's had some he, misses. He, but I was going to say, he's hit and miss. Everybody's he, hit and miss, though. <laughs> he makes films that people sure. don't like the ending, and that really is like critical for directors. You have the studio pressuring you to make a happy ending, and his movies never have one. Hmm. But I think it's also, too, that he was, I don't know, he was somebody's golden boy or something because he was constantly trotted out and like the, like your mind is, your brain is going to be somehow. I just think Carpenter had misses, George Romero has had more misses than he's had hits, but nobody thinks of him like people I think think of M. Night Shyamalan. But yeah, and M. Night Shyamalan has been kind of put on a pedestal, what, in the early 2000s that he was like the next creative genius or something. One, and yeah. So when he when he when he hits, he hits real high, but when he misses, it's just like the expectation was so high that it feels worse. I think with respect to your to your point, I think he has always been given a lot of big blockbuster attempts. And yeah, that's yeah. where it's kind of different from some of the older folks where they had a lot of misses, but they were low budget indie flicks that if you miss, they just went away. His misses yeah, were trotted true. out, you know, on Hollywood stage for everybody to throw, you know, to pick yeah. and prod at. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, but I will think he, he the important thing to me is when you say that uh, a director is legendary or iconic, that they have a. A movie type, right? This is this is a M Night Shyamalan movie, right? I, I think that, he does. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I I mean that's not the only criteria, but it is a very large part of it. I wrote down Split, Signs, The Sixth Sense, The Village. These are horror movies I love. I think those happening. are great movies. They made money too. I mean, Everybody hates the happening. Her. I don't like okay. love it. I kind of like don't hate it though. Like I I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> What I think about M. Night, right, uh, I think, so I, I really, I missed this one. I really wanted to see this. Um, the Happening's this Better like, Than Lady in the Water. Oh, yeah, that was the other one I was going to bring up. <laughs> oh, those are his two big misses. Um, the, the Visit was a movie that I, like, when this movie came out, this was the return to form, right? Everyone's like, oh, he's back. Like, they it's did. M. Night. Like, this yeah, is his. Yeah. Like, he's back to form, and I really wanted to see it. Um, I honestly didn't see it because old people being terrifying. Yeah, it's scary. See, (laughs) see, I wasn't wrong. I told you last episode it is scary. Although at this, at this point it was getting a little bit cliche, not maybe not cliche, but we had seen it before. Yeah. Hansel and Carol Winchester's (laughs) Jeremy Renner. (laughs) Uh, Taking of Deborah Logan, some other ones where the older generation, uh, it chapter two, there's an older lady in there that does stuff. And it's like later, but yeah, yeah, it was later, but it continues on. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, I mean, I, I, Initially, I knocked it for that slightly, but I did end up watching it, and uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like as much as I basically wanted it to be, like putting it on, going, "Oh, this is gonna be terrible," or whatever. But it wasn't terrible. So I wrote. Uh, I rewatched this last week. It's the second time I've watched it. I haven't watched it since the first time. Um, first time I watched it, I loved it. Before I get into it, since we were talking about M Night Shyamalan, one of the notes that I wrote was. I remember the first time I heard about this movie, because this was a movie that I was tracking before release because of the director. I mm-hmm. remember thinking that found footage was beneath him. Do you guys think you attribute anything like that to directors when you hear a story, something like that? Like M. Night Shyamalan's doing a found footage movie. I was like, why? 
I don't even know what's found footage, to be honest with you. But I just remember it's, seeing it. It's kind of not, but it is. Um, but yeah, before we get to that, um, so I just want to say I, I had those impressions. So I think maybe the fact that it surprised me so much, I think I might have enjoyed it more. Um, so here's what I wrote. It's a great premise. Divorced mom sends kids to her, their, 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 her parents' house. Here's the twist. They have never met their grandparents. Mom had been like basically, you know, left for some time. So the kids get there and you have this lovable grandpa and this lovable grandma and, you know, they bake cookies and they play Yahtzee and they do all the things. Right. But then at night, grandpa locks the kids in the room and you hear strange, scary stuff happening outside the door. And then the next day they open the door and they're like, hey, let's go out and have fun, kids. And it's just like your grandpa. And so it's it's a little scary. You're like, oh, something's here afoot. Um, you find out later that grandma like climbs walls and scratches walls and runs around the house naked at night. <laughs> it's totally freaky and scary. Um, <laughs> she tries to eventually like break into the room. The thing that I love most about this movie is that it's, it's funny in a way that I don't think people expect. Probably you, Josh. It's actually quite funny. Um, several times when I watch this movie, I laugh out loud because it's also self-aware, but not in the, parody type as as you would expect um m night Shyamalan kind of foreshadows or talks to the crowd through the protagonist and the girl she's an aspiring filmmaker so at times she even goes out of the way to tell you what's about to happen she's like i want to bring the people on an emotional journey i want highs and lows i'm gonna try to capture the drama of this scene while all of this is (laughs) happening around you and you're like yeah so i think on the second watch you kind of are more like when you know that and you have that awareness, a lot of that becomes more, you know, at the forefront of watching it than, than it doesn't. Um, it, it's basically um, when a stranger calls. Classic story, right? You guys have seen it, yeah. right? The call is coming from inside the house. So you have all these creepy things happening, but the kids, you know, they're just like old people. Like they're, you know, they're old. It's, we'll deal with it. Until they you know, like Skype cell phone call their mom and show the grandparents and she's like kids those aren't my parents get out of the house yeah and then that's the whole fine. then the whole that's the twist right so if you've never seen it like so josh it just ruined the movie for you that's the twist that's of the movie okay. that's the what village doing? 17 year old movies <laughs> you know like that's that's the village twist that's the twist is that they're not the people you think they've actually killed her parents and then it becomes a struggle to get out and then you know the the, the movie endings and i'm not going to spoil the ending do anything I think it's charming at times to see the kids yeah. with the grandparents. I think it lures you in that way. I think it's odd in a way that keeps your attention. They do just enough like things that are seem out of place that you keep paying attention. And then at times when it needs to be scary, it's scary. I don't think it's the greatest movie I've ever seen, but I think it's better than happening. I really like it. And uh, I think in my Shyamalan was, it was enough to make number three for me. I, I think the big hurdle in that movie was getting over the idea that a mom would send her kids to their grandparents' house without like, because they barely talk. They it like takes a leap of faith. That was, yeah, exactly. And once you get over that, it's okay. But yeah, there's that really big. You know what? But here's right the thing. There. Here's the thing. I will give you an actual fun factoid. My mom okay. sent me to stay with my dad when I was seven years old, whom I had never met. And wow. she put me on a plane in Columbus, Ohio, and flew me to Atlanta, Georgia, to where I got off the plane, and a stranger told me he was my dad, and I went home with him. Now, the, the stewardesses and everything, like, they checked his ID and everything, like, it was all, you know, pre, 
up planned. and up, but still, yeah. But, but just to put your, you know, your 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 criticism in, like, there's, I think it's possible. Is it, it could happen? Is it likely? No. Can it happen? Right. Sure. Especially if the, the kids are traveling far away. That's the thing that's hard to to get over to is like movies are about the times where it's like the one time that, that the, the thing that makes sense didn't happen. Yeah. And like, once you accept that, it's a lot easier to accept horror movies because ever like the notion is always to go, well, yeah, but if they just did this, or if, if somebody, well, this was is smart such a great it, discussion because this happens all the time. My wife, my wife, she's my wife. When she watches horror movies, it's like, she's playing a game of clue. She's trying to figure, I'm like, will you just sit down and enjoy the damn movie? <laughs> like just eat some popcorn because, and I think it's because I watch so many horror movies that I never have that skeptical mind. I'm always just willing to sit on the ride. You know, I'm like, mm. well, you know, yeah. if this is what they want you to believe and believe it. Because like, what this- are Jason's motivations? Why yeah. is he doing it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I really liked it. Number three. Uh, let's see here. Josh. Hey, my number three. I couldn't really decide between Sharknado 3, Oh Hell No, or Tremors <laughs> 5, Bloodlines. So I oh, hell yes. <laughs> went with the gift. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. Um, this movie has always been uh, something I've been interested in, and I'll be honest. I was expecting to see it on a box office ranking. I mean, yeah. Uh, I was most interested because it was written and directed by Joel Edgerton, who also acted in it, and he is a pretty famous actor. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's been in lots of stuff. He's in so many things. I mean, he plays Uncle Owen in Star Wars, which also ties into me watching the documentary on Nixium where the woman who plays Amberu was in Nixium, the cult, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Zero Dark Thirty, he's in Warrior. Yeah. These are all things uh, that I know him from. He's great in Warrior. Yeah. Uh, he's the brother of Warrior, yeah. He's, he's in uh, The Thing, um, oh wow! He's in a, a lot of movies. He's a I great. About this one. He's a minute special. He's a he's a character actor, right? So he's very easy to forget. Yeah. And in fact, the character he plays in this film is so like he he, he just he gets into this character. Cerebral. You don't even know. Yeah. Cerebral. Thank you. Um, the film is a uh, stars Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, this is before he did Ozark. So he wasn't even doing drama. Um, and Rebecca Hall, who I adore to death. I also think she's one of the most beautiful actresses. It's a theme running with Josh's picks for movies. Uh, on the mark. <laughs> uh, but she does such a great job in this film. So essentially what this this um, movie is about is Jason Bateman and his wife, um, they move away from wherever they were. They don't really tell you too much information. Mm-hmm. You kind of find out through the journey of the film, they lost a child. They were expecting a baby. They didn't have one. Um, he works for this pretty big, I guess, investment firm, perhaps. I may be, I might be blurring Ozark into this. Some type of job. You don't really know what he's doing. Um, and like the first day they move back to this town and they buy this super nice house, which, by the way, in a horror movie if you, or thriller, if you want a house where all of your ex, your outside facing windows are glass, that's a problem. Don't move into a house where every room in your ha- house has a glass window. Are you saying don't throw stones? 
glass house. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> you can ski into this house at all points of day and night. I always um, feel it's a little on the nose. <laughs> it is It is a bit on the nose. I think they play with it. They use it intentionally, obviously. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't have picked that house. But right. uh, I think they do it in a, in a good way, so it's not cliche. Um, the first day they're back in town, you know, Jason Bateman's character runs into Joel Edgerton, a kid he grew up with in high school. And uh, essentially, the get, it's called the gift because Joel Edgerton is like welcoming welcoming them to the neighborhood, and he keeps sending them gifts. It's very like off putting, and this movie does a great job at making you feel sympathy for the antagonist. Sure, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily even know he's the antagonist. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert: he's not really the antagonist. He is a person who was done wrong. He is a revengeist <laughs> i'm gonna coin that as a verb he's the revenger um, <laughs> the revenger i, I need that movie <laughs> revenger is a symbol uh, but he does like like they definitely play him off to be um maybe on the spectrum yeah uh yep. very uh, uncomfortable and awkward but jason bateman's wife is constantly defending him right he's like oh he he's just awkward Jason Bateman's very uncomfortable with it. As you progress to the movie, you really, you kind of figure out Jason Bateman, the guy, you think he's a protagonist? He's, he's awful. Yeah. He's a terrible human being. I don't wish what happened to him (laughs) to happen to him, but um, you really find out what he's made of in the motivations of Joel Edgerton's character. This movie, like I said, this was the first time I saw it. It really caught me by surprise. Um, I got it confused with the box. I think the Cameron Diaz yeah. movie. Yeah. Similar. So I didn't even really know what I was getting myself into. Um, but this was a movie I, I discorded to Donnie and, and looked at saying like, I found a new genre of films. Oh, so this is the new one. It's a, it really just. Plays I was going to ask if if anybody thinks this is more thriller than horror. Not that I'm trying to discredit or not, but yeah, um, it's on my list. It's on my list. It's not on my yeah. top three, but it, it it's on my list. It's definitely more thriller, but I really think it played on my empathy. Yeah. I'm 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 a very empathetic person in real life, so like, I very I felt very much uncomfortable, and I think that's going to be a trend for the next at least two years in horror films mm-hmm. that we discuss. Sure. There's definitely horror elements to it, right? Yeah. But we're always towing this line between thriller and horror and what is what. I think they can be the same. It's so funny because so many horror movies now, like actual horror movies, get lopped into like the thriller genre now. Yeah. Whereas I've always taken it the opposite way where horror was the overarching and you can have comedic horror and you can have thriller horror and you can have slasher horror. Um, But yeah, it seems like all it's like horror and thriller just being put together. Like psychological thrillers. Anything that's just off-putting. You know what I mean? Anything that makes you uncomfortable, I would just kind of lop into horror. We're like the D all of the above category. (laughs) Yeah. Horror. I mean, it's just whatever's horrible to you. Yeah. Yeah. What's that, Josh? If you can picture yourself in that situation, that's horror for you. Of course. Like you guys talked about Babadook, right? Like scarier after kids. Which I yeah. also find a lot of movies after I had a kid are different. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very similar. Like eventually they they have a kid, and did you have you guys seen this film? I have. And I, have. I love that yeah. you. I love okay. that it made your list because one of the things that I love about it, I think more than anything, is like how it brings up like 
um, it kind of plays with the notion of like your past, like kind of coming back to haunt you. Yeah, um yeah. in a realistic way not in a supernatural horror like you yeah. know i know what you did last summer way like in a real way and i yeah. think it, it i think the part that becomes horrific or terrifying because i think terror is a way of being into the horror genre without being supernatural or you know yeah. or you know eclectic um i think that is something that i think we all probably live with some regret you know and this is just playing on that at an exaggerated level and it makes right, you right. almost self-aware of like, oh man, you know, I might have not treated that person in third grade like the best way. <laughs> I yeah, hope he doesn't show up with a present one day. <laughs> right. When he's given that opportunity to make amends, he just shows his true colors. Right. And then immediately you're like, but I still don't know that I agree with his ending is, it, it makes sense. But this is another movie where, um, without saying what happens, but I can say the ending, like, the bad guy wins. Yep. And and we don't even know. The the viewer doesn't even know how the bad guy wins. The bad guy wins psychologically, but we don't even know to the extent to, as to what he did. He right. just wins by destroying this guy's life. That is something in movies that my wife, Melissa, cannot stand it is an immediate deal breaker she hates being left with any open ending anything that she has to think of and most often i'm with you but there's another movie later in years as we continue along this journey together there's another movie that i think is a fantastic movie except for the fact that it completely leaves it like wide open like too open way more open than i would ever want and that was like my biggest thing to take away but i like to bring it up that happens too. I definitely agree with that. Uh, certain films they don't wrap up correctly. Also, I talked way too long about my number no, three. No, so it's I good. Have a number two and one. <laughs> no, I'm glad that you brought it up too because it kind of fell off my radar af- after having watched it. So I sort of forgot that I had seen it. And then when you started talking about it again, I was like, "Oh yeah, the gift. That's right." Because yep. I did like it. So yeah, it was so no. good. I was very, I was shocked. Um, my number three is a movie that I had seen. I actually had to go to a specific theater downtown that shows typically smaller run uh, indie films and that type of thing just to watch this movie. And I remember we, uh, my friend Jason's wife was actually really pumped to see this. We had seen, she had seen a trailer for it and shared it with me. And like, we were geeking out to, to go see this. And the movie is Good Night Mommy. Number two. Um, that's your number two? Yep. Cool. cool. Um, I rewatched it again because what happened was I think this movie suffered from some bad marketing from the American side because it was sort of marketed as a paranormal thing that was going to happen. And or at least that's the impression that I remember getting from watching the trailers. And it was not that. However, having watched it again recently, it didn't really matter to me, honestly. Having like being removed from the fact that I saw the marketing so long ago, that didn't matter. Um, and I was curious to see what knowing what happens and what the backstory is for the movie, having already known and figured all of that out, how would that affect the second viewing? And uh, so I'm glad that I went back and watched it. But if you're not familiar with it, it's about a mother who it's alluded that she was in some sort of accident or something and required plastic surgery. 
And there are two children that uh, she has living at home. And when she comes home, you know, she's got her face is faced all bandaged up. Yeah. One of them's name is creepy. One of them's name is also Lucas. Lucas, except for they don't say Lucas. They say Lucas, Lucas, which, yeah, which is, well, it's weird. Uh, yes, they are twins, uh, uh, identical basically. And, uh, they start to suspect that their mother who has returned and is acting very different, at least from what they remember is not their mother. And this movie really plays into the idea that this may or may not actually be their mom. And so when she comes home, she's had facial reconstruction, reconstruction, surgery. And, uh, so Travolta and, moment. Uh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Got a smile to make sure both sides of my face work. Um, so <laughs> you guys ever do that? You just stop uh, and go like, am I having a stroke or no, no, I'm good. On their mother. Uh, what's that? They put a cockroach on her. Oh, they do way yes, worse they than do. that. They do. They, they do, do a lot. Way worse than that. This is like the good son um, times two because there's two of them. That's um, good. It's good. Apropos, as I say, there's a lot of, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. I was just going to say, so they do a really good job of taking something very ordinary, which is the way that the mom is wrapped up and has to be wrapped up after this facial reconstructive surgery. I got it. Um, she looks creepy. Like her face is yeah. all puffed up. Her eyes are dark. The mask looks almost Michael Myers ish. Uh, I don't know. It's very pale kind of not in the sense that it's a face, but in the sense that it gives you this feeling that like somebody's, uh, she looks soulless almost. I was going to say it's I mean? almost inhuman. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't have expression. You don't have body language. So it's easy to kind of, it's easy to believe what the kids are selling. Exactly. Question, after watching the trailer, are you telling me that children aren't the villains in this film? Because they are terrifying. They I guess it depends on... That looks super creepy and they try to kill their mother. Okay, well, I mean, we talked about we're spoiling anything we talk about. So, yeah, spoiler I, alert. Yeah. Uh, what ends up happening is they basically uh, up the stakes and decide that they're going to tie her up Yep. And torture her until she admits that she's not their mom because she does, uh, to be fair, she does act in a way that does not make this unbelievable. Doesn't they do a feel, really good job yes. of like setting this up. So I'm glad that you agree with me because I don't really have another perspective to look no, at. No, no, no. That's spot concerned. on. It, it it doesn't feel familial in 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 behavior, but also the tale that they tell leads you down the road that you feel like the kids are in danger. So Josh, just like the gift where there, you were talking about how, you know, they're making you feel one way. This, yeah. this movie leans real heavily into that to kind of lead you down a path. And then they twist it and they kind of turn it on you um, to kind of come back around. Well, yes. And so I won't ruin that particular twist uh, for you or tell you how this ends, but I will say the reason why it's number two for me or number three for me is because while I enjoyed it, the, the actual narrative structure 
it really doesn't take, it takes a long time for things to really kick in. And when it does, it is, it's like, oh, okay, this is what I'm here for. This is what's happening. Now I see why this is in the horror genre or whatever, but it doesn't really get going until the third act. And for me, it was just a little bit too late upon second watching I kind of felt like I just wanted to skip to this, you know, towards the middle of the second act because I already knew about what happened. Because you already knew. Yeah. And so like knowing just because I knew it doesn't necessarily mean it should take away from the movie. But in this case, I kind of felt like it did a little bit. And so that's why for me, I was kind of like, well, on second viewing, having that feeling i kind of feel like it it deserves to be at number three instead of number two or number one so i think that's still very good though i think that slow build is necessary to pull off its effect it has to lull you into believing into that into the the whatever they're trying to weave and without yes. it i don't think it's nearly as effective um i, I totally too agree. have a friend named jason who put me off to this movie um, I saw it when it came to streaming, so I was a little late to it and I had never heard about it before and I watched it and it was a definite hit with the wife. Um, the directors, Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala also directed The Lodge, uh, which is foreshadowing oh. comes later. Another movie that I quite enjoyed quite yes. a bit. Yes. I think you so, told me about that one. Yeah, I like that I one watched a bit. that one. Um, so Good Night Mommy was awesome. It is definitely kind of like, um, like Good the night. old like the old village. <laughs> if you ever like watch the old one with like the kids, like the, the twins with like the white hair and stuff like, I, yeah, there's similarities there. Um, oh, there's like funny games, kind of similarities stuff there. Like obviously I'm going to ruin one of the scenes. They glue her mouth shut. Yeah. And then when they realize that she can't eat, then they cut it open. Uh, Minimal dialogue too. And a lot of, a lot of space. It's kind of a quiet breathe. movie. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's very quiet. And, um, and I think, I think it's really cool because it, it leaves you to fill in all that time. And you're kind of like, well, is this happening? Is that happening? Is this happening? You know, so you kind of, your mind is left to wonder as these strange things are kind of unraveling slowly. And I think that actually builds some of the tension. I think it's, uh, I've never watched it more than once. I've only watched it the first time, but the first time I watched it, because it wasn't too long ago, um, I definitely remember thinking it might have be it might be worse than it was ever going to be. Um, that's kind of the sense that I always had. I was like, oh man, this is gonna get real bad. And it never really does. It's not a gruesome movie. It's not even all like gross, even with the what I just explained, compared to other movies in the genre, it's not that bad, but it's very effective. It's very effective. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I won't I won't reveal the twist either, because if you reveal the twist, it's kind of not worth watching, but there's a twist if you pay attention, and um, yeah, it's, it's quite good. It was my number two, so I'll pass, and I'll hand it back to Josh. Oh, okay. Well, my number two is a, a film in the vein of Cabin in the Woods. <clears throat> it's a tongue-in-cheek horror movie slash love letter to horror fans, and yep. it is uh, called The Final Girls which is what I was watching, mm. re-watching right before we started recording. And in fact, that was just at the ending. <clears throat> um, the Final Girls is a film that has an incredible <laughs> cast um, of comedic performers uh, and dramatic, but um, has um, Malin Ackerman, uh, Tessa Farmiga, who is... I really don't know why she's not working way more than than she has been. Um, Thomas Middleditch is in it. 
Adam, uh, Divine. There's a uh, there's a lot of great there's a great cast in this film. However, you could even like kind of put the cast aside. I, one of the guys from the Hunger Games is in it. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Tessa's uh, in American Horror Story, just to give you the yes, the it's yeah. great in American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I keep wanting to say sister. I don't know if she's a sister or daughter of Vera Farmiga, but she's one of those. <laughs> uh, can can I just uh, give everybody a warning that there apparently are a lot of movies, or at least two other ones, called The Final Girls? Sure. So, so just, just The Final Girl, and then there's The Final Girls. Yes, and then there's another one. Yeah, there's Final three. Girl, Final Girls, and another The Final Girls in 2018. Yeah, so this is The Terrible. Final Girls, and I, I know uh, Final Girl is a movie with... Abigail Breslin from Zombieland and Little Miss Sunshine. Now, this is the one that she is not in. Uh, <laughs> Just look out for the comedians. <laughs> so, um, essentially, this is a film where uh, Tessa of Farmiga, she plays the daughter of Malin Arkman, who is a B-movie actress trying to um, make her way up in the industry, right? And, you know, she's like, I, you know, I've been in Grey's Anatomy, but people always remember me from essentially Sleepaway Camp, but it has a different title in this, in this film. And uh, the movie starts off with her daughter waiting for her to come out of an audition. Her daughter sees her like smoking a butt, like realizing her mom's down on her luck, realizing the audition didn't go well. They're driving. Uh her daughter spills coffee on her headshots and headshot. She, she screams like, Oh, those are so expensive. Careful. And then they get in a car accident. The mom dies in the car accident. Uh, so the daughter still living cut to like high school life boy, uh, a hot guy who's essentially too into her. According to, uh, Ali Ashakat from, uh, who plays, uh, who's in, um, uh, Arrested Development who plays George mm. Michael's cousin, who he loves. Ah. Uh, she's also in this. And I'll, also, I, I can't believe I didn't mention, to keep on to, with my theme of um, objectifying women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At least you know uh, about it. The girl from Vampire Diaries, and now I can't remember her name. Uh, uh, girl from Vampire... Nina Dobrev is in it. Who provides... The uh, eye candy, I guess. <laughs> Watch out! Careful. Yeah, they're all they're all in it, and basically, uh, we cut to a point where it's her mom's death anniversary, but it's also the film anniversary. So there's this screening for the film, and and you know, um, Tessa Farmiga has to show up to like uh, like say something and honor her mom. Mm-hmm. And I think Kellen Lutz might be the name of the actor. So they go to the screening and it's it's almost like straight out of Last Action Hero. Like a fire gets set into the theater. All the exits are blocked. And the only way they can get out is by cutting their way through the screen. And a guy, like a guy cosplaying as the killer dropped his machete. <laughs> it's, like a, it's a parody Jason killer. Yeah. Uh, in this film, like he's bullied as a kid and someone throws fireworks in an outhouse, which gives him third degree burns, which <laughs> causes him to kill all the camp counselors. <laughs> so they, they cut their way through 
the screen and then they all wake up together not realizing where they are and they actually are in the film and they're kind of living out this moment uh this is the very cabin in the woodsy part right it's very tongue-in-cheek um the the opening scene of the movie happens to them so like the girl who takes all her clothes off is riding in the in this volkswagen with Adam Devine, who's driving, who's the horn dog. <laughs> that makes sense. Directions to the camp, and they're all shocked. Like, nobody reacts. So the girl's like, oh, you guys are weird, and they just drive away. But then, like, 17 seconds later, the same thing happens. The van drives by them again, basically leading them to have to fulfill the film. Yeah. So then finally, like, Thomas Manage is like, oh, we're game concerts. We can tell you to get there. And then, like, they're living out this movie and there's a point where like they're confronted with a killer. They're like, Hey, this is the part where the killer kills that girl who's going to have sex with this guy in the woods. Let's watch. And then they watch. <laughs> and then like Thomas Middleton ends up out there and the killer's right behind him. And they're like, dude, you, you gotta get out of there. He's like, he's not going to kill us. He doesn't even know what, like who we are. He can't like, and then he <laughs> kills Thomas Middleton or we think he does. He puts a machete through his side and then everyone freaks out. So then you realize all these people that are in this movie can now be affected, but they also know how the movie plays out. So they're trying to like, in the, the mind fuck of the movie is like the main character, Tessa Farmiga. She's in this movie with her mom, Malin Ackerman, who is dead. Who she's her lost. Character is alive. Right? Oh, so so yeah. she's got that grief and that, yeah. that unwanting to let go. And this movie turns into, this movie turns from a horror parody to a flat out, you'll cry watching this drama. Oh it, no. It's so touching. Like the turn it takes. It's so, there's so much like human element in this movie. It is like so strong. However, there's so much comedy and, and actual horror intertwined you don't even know what type of like genre of film you're watching. It's kind of clever in the way they deal with it. And like people come back that you thought were dead and then they die again. Yeah, that's an apt description. And interesting. And um, uh, there's a part where if a flashback happens, they go to black and white and they're like, what the fuck? I can't see colors. Am I, <laughs> am I colorblind? They're like, no, dude, you're in a black, you're in a flashback. So they like relive certain things in the flashback, which they also use uh, later in the movie to fight the bad guy, like to call up a flashback. Um, and the whole thing through the whole movie is the final girl, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that love letter to horror fans. There has to be a final girl. And they kind of changed the plot of the movie, uh, the way that the original movie was that her mom was in. However, it might not be in the way you think, and it still has to come down to, like, literally only one girl can survive. Yeah. So it comes down to that, and then all of a sudden, like, the one girl, I won't say who it is, gets, like, Bruce Lee powers, and is able to, like, flip machetes and, like, really take on this bad guy, this Jason knockoff. Uh, And then there's a pretty fun ending that isn't probably what you're expecting either. Um I rented it because you can't stream it anywhere, but I love this movie so much. I rented it for like four bucks on Google Play. 
It's also four bucks to rent on Xbox um, and Amazon. Um, you can buy it for twelve bucks in HD. But uh, I really like this film a lot. It could have been number one if my number ones didn't change from the years before and after. <laughs> <laughs> I have this movie on on the shelf. Um, I own the Blu-ray and watched it a few times. Um, I think it's you're right. It is definitely like a a love letter. Um, it plays on all the tropes in all the right way. Um, it is a telling story. It's it's very um, emotional at times. I could see Josh's empathy being really invested into it. I also don't think it's um, the reason it didn't crack my top three, although it's definitely on the list of movies that I would bring up. It doesn't crack my top three because I don't think it's particularly like good. Um, and I think it's I actually, to be honest with you, I think it's intentionally bad. Um, they they really like play up the campy parts and tropes of horror movies to a way where it's, 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 it's kind of, it's just cringy at times. Um, for me, at least with some of the, the effects and stuff like that. Um, not, not the effects, but some of the, the tropes and the, the little things that they do. And I, honestly, I think it's just like Adam Devine's bland of comedy. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like that way. Um, so there's a lot of that there. Um, but it's very, very good. And, and horror fans should definitely, put it on their list to watch because it's if, if if for nothing else it's extremely creative um in how they play off of what the viewer would expect from a movie and would expect from a situation like that and they honestly like it's basically about a movie getting to live in a movie you know and everybody's like oh you know like what would you do in a horror movie that's basically what the movie's about it's a horror movie mm-hmm. about what would happen if you were in a horror movie so um it's 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 neat it's definitely um novel it's definitely new it's refreshing Cool. I put it on my list. I, I sounds like something that I would enjoy. And I think it's important for movies not to be just one genre. Like sure. if you're not blending genres, it's hard these days. That to was really... an apt description because I like, there's a lot of things you could say about that movie. <laughs> that movie really kind of sets, it kind of stands on its own. It's kind of its own thing. Nice. Uh, well then I guess I will hit you up with my number two. Coming in for the longest title of a movie, A Girl Walks Home Alone mm. at Night. Another another movie with a red poster. <laughs> uh, any of this, did any of this make your list for anybody here? I tried to watch it. Couldn't get it. Shudder. Yeah. Shudder. I shudder at the fact that this is Daddy's number one. <laughs> it's not my number one. I actually had this movie listed as a 2014 release. I have uh, November twenty first, twenty fourteen, but I don't, I don't mind it because I watched it much later, and it's always, it was never, it wasn't a theatrical release anyway, right? It was a maybe streaming release. Maybe that's the confusion because I had it as twenty fourteen, and then at some point I moved it to twenty fifteen. I'm all for it. So. Actually, I scrolled up because I couldn't believe that I didn't bring up some of my other movies and this was one of them um it's definitely a notable release that people should be aware of um it wouldn't crack my top three in either scenario so now the reason why it's number two for me and there are some other contenders here that if i had got a had got a chance to watch them may have swapped out because like i said this or sort of what you were saying for me there's a lot of like number twos where i feel like there's not anything that just stands out uh but i had to make I had to go with my heart <laughs> and uh, a girl walks home alone at night is to me, maybe a bit more. 
I hesitate to say art film, but I'm going to say art. It's definitely artsy. Film. The thing that I think uh, my immediate takeaway from this movie and rememberable thing is it's really, really cool. <laughs> like it just has yeah. a really a coolness factor that a lot of other movies don't have. And um, it does feel cool. And there's there's just there's a I want almost calmness about it. There's there's just this feeling. Uh, it's it's presented in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of space in, a, in the scenes. There's a lot of, I don't know. I get, I get the feeling of when I watched Eraserhead, even though it's not like that. No, that, that's yeah, no, that makes sense. It just, yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of ambiance going on with the, the sound effects and everything. But what sure. it's about is, uh, there's, it, it starts off with this guy. He's probably... Actually, I don't really know how old he is. 20s? Yeah. Like 20s. mid-20s probably. Yeah. And uh, you, you, I don't know. You kind of see sort of his daily life. And you learn that his father is addicted to some drug. I think heroin. Yep. He's a junkie. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, he's racked up quite a bill with the local drug purveyor slash enthusiast. And uh, that guy's quite a character. He's one of those business owner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) He's one of those characters that you're not sure. Like you could totally see this guy looking exactly the way he looks in the movie outside of the movie and just being sort of the not being a drug dealer, but he's wearing like it's extremely over the top. Yeah, he's like gold chains, weird haircut. Yeah. um, I don't know. All sorts of bling and just kind of a weird dude like velvety tiger on the back jacket yeah so uh, yeah just like a very specific look and um you learn that this kid the the main character has a car that he's worked a very long time to 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 buy i think it's a thunder an old like 60s thunderbird and uh when his father's bill when he comes to collect his father doesn't have any money and uh, so the guy says, the drug dealer is like, I'm going to take your car. So that's kind of like the crux of, of what sets this whole thing in motion. Uh, but besides that, there's this force, this woman who exists in this town called apparently Bad City. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, we I follow this. There. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We follow this drug dealer and he's kind of a, uh, he's not very nice to women, we'll say. And uh, this girl, this force, this vampire. Mm, there mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> is, uh, is sort of stalking him. And you sort of learn throughout, it's never explicitly told, but you sort of learn these motivations and what, what the reasoning for a lot of things is just through watching the movie. And it's just sort of offhandedly, presented to you for you to sort of piece together yourself it's not like obfuscated on purpose it's not like you need to decode this movie to get it but if you pay attention you'll understand sort of what's going on so it seems to me that she only kills people who are like men who are bad to women or do bad things that's kind of like her her deal yep she's a virtuous vampire Yes. Yes, exactly. We don't know why it's never really explained. Because she doesn't she's even cool. seem, 
Yeah, she is cool. She's, she's like cool. the embodiment of cool. Yeah, she hangs she, out. She does cool dances. She listens to good music. She's she a cool skateboards. Chick. Yeah, <laughs> um, but she's like not like she's not setting out to do it. She just does. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but you do like you get this sense that she's cool, and uh, so she basically exacts her vengeance on on this drug dealer guy. At the same time, that our main character is kind of there to sort of stand up to drug dealer guy and get his car back. And so they kind of end up crossing paths and then they meet again at another point. But basically all you need to she know, she likes him because he's, he's nice and he's, you know, he's good. You get the sense that he's like the first guy that she's met. Who's not an asshole yep. or something. Um, he has this sort of naivete about him. You see in another scene where he's like, He's telling a because this is I believe it's a Indian film Iranian or, or Iranian, excuse me. Um, like he says to this one rich girl who um, they you know she's rich because the house that she lives in and she had a nose job. So like it's just these things that they they add into the character without explicitly telling you what's going on. Um, that she can't be in the same room with him because her parents would be upset that she's in the room by herself with another man, like those sort of cultural things that yep. he adheres to that kind of make him a good guy, I guess, at least from their cultural standpoint. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what attracts her to him and things happen in the story that I won't necessarily get into, but they try to sort of have a relationship or start a relationship while the actions that she takes affects his life very personally. And even the few other people around the town, it's, it's very strange because you get the sense that like nobody lives here. It's this town is almost deserted kind of feels like when people walk down the streets, there's only like one other person there. It's kind of empty. Um, yeah. You get this weird sense. And so it's kind of this haunting uh, sort of just cool indie artsy yeah. vampire film that the vampire aspect doesn't really take center stage, now you hit but it notes. is, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very important aspect in this mosaic of of this just weird kind of one-of-a-kind film like i said it wouldn't have cracked my top three last year or this year so i'm, I'm happy to talk about it a little bit more um i should have mentioned last week but i guess the way that i had scrolled on my list it was hidden it was like up above where i was looking at mm-hmm. um the thing that i like about this movie two things it's it's cool it's very like super indie cool like that they do that very very well it's like the scott pilgrim of of horror foreign films if you will um, yeah. But the thing that I like about it most is it's a vampire movie that really doesn't care at all to explain to you why anybody's a vampire. Um, and I think that plays into the title of the movie. Um, her being a vampire is basically like her being weaponized or empowered. Um, and I think that's like a, the big takeaway from the movie. It's not about 
her being a vampire or if she, you know, what happens in the daylight or her need to feed or anything like that. It's literally just, you could replace it with her having a knife or her having a gun. And it's like the same take. It's just her way of fighting evil and, and injustice. And that's basically, I think, um, at least that's my takeaway from the movie. I don't know. I, I can't really speak to metaphors and some symbology and all that, but that was my takeaway from the movie. And I think that was, um, the, my, my most, yeah, that's just my 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 greatest takeaway from the movie was just kind of that it's very cool. She she's she's very self assured and very confident, and she's just a very empowering character. Yeah. Um, and that that's, and she, that's why she's so cool. She's very confident. She's very quiet too. She yep. has like this quiet strength about her, which I think it kind of plays into why you're sort of you're not scared of her, but it's kind of she's almost like wild animal esque because you never know what she's thinking or what she's gonna do. She's very quiet, and so. It kind of makes you uneasy because you're not really sure where she lies on this whole being a vampire thing. And so uh, while it's not objectively scary, it is horrible in the sense that she is a vampire. But like you said, if she had a knife, that would also be horrible. Yeah. But, you know, that's really the only aspect of... Like if she's going around killing dudes, she's still killing dudes. Yeah. Oh no, she's and a that, total badass, and she's to be fearful. That but, vampire has an AR-15. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like she's fearful, but like you wouldn't expect it, right? And that's the whole play on on the title. She's walking alone at night, which typically, if you were a woman walking alone at night in the middle of the street, like it's not necessarily the best position to put yourself in. And like you're taught yeah. that, you know, like that's a thing that society breeds, but not her. Why? Because well, she's she's empowered. She has this ability. And uh, she used it with with like with justice in mind. That's the other thing that that she does that other vampire movies. You know, it's 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 a different, refreshing, different take on the vampire genre, yes. for sure. And it's beautifully shot. Um, yes, also it, yes. Yeah, it's one of the easiest black and white recommendations I could ever think to make. <laughs> Agreed. So, nice. a girl walks home alone at night. What is a mouthful! It, is everybody done their number two? Yeah. All right. So we're down to number one. Now, <clears throat> before you get to your number one, Donnie, <clears throat> now you said you think we're going to fight over your number one. Nope. Now, I think we're going to fight over your number one. Okay. So oh. here's my question. Do you, you're, I'm based on that sentence. Our number ones aren't going to be the same. They are not. I, I'm, so I'm going out on a limb here. I am presuming that I know what your number one is. So your implication is that my number one didn't even crack your top three. If it's true, your number one does not crack my top three. Okay. Well, it's, and now maybe, here's the and thing. Maybe we will fight. <laughs> to make you feel better, it is number four. So don't don't wait for me to like just I'm not gonna crush it, but so I have an axe to grind. Four, I'm gonna grind my axe on your ass. <laughs> okay. Can just for everybody else's sake, just know that I have no idea what's going on right now. And I'm also curious because I feel like it doesn't matter. I'm curious what you think my number one is then, because you kind of. <laughs> well, it, it, here's the funny thing is um, I told you guys this, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. You know, I told you ahead of time. I, I, it's not that I'm, I, I don't even know. Like I could be completely wrong and I would be shocked, but uh, I feel like recently I, that your number one was a surprise to you. In fact, you said it within the last three days. No, no, no. I, again, not my movie. 
talking about what I expect to be Josh's movie. Well, I feel like I, I know. I thought it was 2014. I feel like I know. Um, I think a little bit about Josh, and we've shared a lot of opinions and movies over the time that I expect that I know what Josh's number one is. Gotcha. Um, his number one is also a very highly touted movie, and not that I disagree with it. I just think it's been ran with a little bit too far. So, okay. but but let's save it. Let me get mine out of the way. My number one yeah. movie for 2015 is Bone Tomahawk. That is not okay. Sorry. Have you guys seen this movie? I don't think it has so. Sid Haig, Kurt Russell, David Arquette, Patrick Will- uh, Wilson, Lily Simmons, and Richard Jenkins in it. I'm familiar from the poster. I have seen it. It is a like- horror Western movie. This mm-hmm. is the movie that I just watched. It might be recency bias, but I totally kind of loved it. It's um it's not it's not like an amazing movie but again i told you 2015 i feel like are a lot of b's and a lot of b pluses right um this movie has a great cast it does tell a really good story and here's the thing it's kind of brutal um in a in a in a in a light eli roth kind of way it's not it's not hostile but it 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 gets there it gets a little it, it fringes there it's it's more like misery in the gore and, and, gotcha. and grasping part, right? It, it, it gets there. Um, again, it's, it's funny. Uh, it has a, a good story and, and basically is, um, it's a Western take on cannibals. Um, cannibals come, they, they steal the, uh, dude's wife and then the town rallies up to go hunt them down and then all kinds of stuff ensues, right? Dude's got a bum leg and, and all kinds of stuff. And basically, here's the funny part about it. Kurt Russell is basically, Wyatt Earp. It's just, it's like Tombstone 2 with, with cannibals <laughs> in it. Um, he's just the same guy. It's really funny. Um, I did, I, again, I just watched this for the first time because when you're searching for movies for 2015, it comes up. It has this great cast. So I was like, I've never seen it. I've got to watch it. I didn't even know it was a horror movie. I've seen the trailer and I thought it was a Western. You know, like I was like, that's why I don't think I ever watched it. Um, I did, I wrote down this. This is one of my favorite lines that I've ever seen delivered in a horror movie. At some point in time in this movie, somebody walks in Kurt Russell's house and he goes, why are you in my breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) And he does it in that tombstone badass Kurt Russell way. And I was like, dude, that is great. Um, And it's just it's it's kind of a play on like manifest destiny. And, you know, not themes are not, you know, refreshing. Like we've seen this with other like um, Indian movies and stuff like that. It's kind of that right. Well, they feel like they're, um, you know, not divine. It's not like a religious thing, but they are better people. Right. They're savages in the woods. Like you can't be go out there because the savages and stuff like that. So it kind of plays on all of that. And then I just think the cast is a really good time. I think it's funny. It's 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 Tarantino-esque. Actually, it's it's kind of like if I could imagine if Tarantino wanted to make a horror movie uh, with cowboys that Bone Tomahawk might be pretty close. So uh, in, in, a, in a sea of what I think are good to pretty good movies, um, this one was a recent find for me that I've, that I've never heard of. And I, I had a really good time. I enjoyed my, my two hours with it. So I thought it was really good. But without further ado, Josh, what's your number one movie? Well, here's what I'll say before I get to that. So I've, I have owned bon- Bone Tomahawk. Oh, never mind. I thought I thought oh, no, maybe no, I was the only one saw it. No, I well, that's the thing. I've I've owned it for two years now. I have not watched it. Oh. <laughs> um it's just one of those. my Blu-ray collection a collection. However, it didn't come up when I searched horror her films for twenty fifteen and I and honestly I didn't know it was a horror film. I thought it was a western. Right. I did hear there was just one specific scene 
that was brutal. Um, but that's all I heard. So uh, not for a lack of like wanting to see it because at the point where I bought this movie, I wasn't buying movies like I used to buy movies. I was being selective, right? Like I was just hearing. So I listened to the Doug Loves Movies podcast where he constantly has industry professionals on. In fact, he's had Annabelle on, <laughs> the actual <laughs> doll, uh, oh. the guy who created it. Um, so like he like they praised this movie for a solid year. So that's why I bought it. I just never saw it. Um, but I own it, <laughs> which makes me makes it very easy for me to watch it before sure. we record again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess it surprises me more that you picked it um, only because I didn't know it was a horror film. I just thought it was a Western. Not uh, that nothing to do with why you picked it. It's just my perception of the film. I always thought the same thing. And it wasn't until I looked it up that I saw people classifying as a horror movie. And I would, I will even admit that I think that classification is, is loose. Well, damn, I would have watched my, I have it sitting under my TV. I would have just popped it in my Xbox. (laughs) But it definitely, you know, it's about cannibals and some of the scenes are, are very horrific and it's about abduction and like all of these things like, yeah, what, what else is it going to be? It's a Western horror movie. Kind of. That's Um, not even covered under the trailer. Like if, if, (laughs) if Green Inferno is a horror movie, then so is Bone Tomahawk. Um, Because in a lot of ways they have so much more, you know, they have a lot of parallels. Green Inferno covers, you know what you're getting in the sure, trailer. Sure, of course you do. You know what you're getting when who the director is. Yeah, you have no clue in Tom Hawk's trailer. Um, but to to pull one of your cards, um, I am a, a devout fan of Lily Simmons. I love her and everything she does. My yes. wife hates seeing her because I see her and I stand up a little. And she's like, calm down. Would you stop? <laughs> um, I, yeah, that's definitely an actress I absolutely love. And I didn't even know she was in it when I rented it. So that was a huge surprise. When I watched it, my wife was like, of course. <laughs> But it's good. It, it, a lot of it's a lot of it's really good because of Patrick. Uh, look here, dude. Um, hang on a second. I've so, forgot his name. Um, Richard Jenkins, right? Cabin in the Woods. We've talked about him several times. His character in this, I didn't even like. I had a hard time even recognizing it was him. Like mm. so much makeup and everything. So between him, Patrick Wilson, and Kurt uh, Russell, they have this constant like back and forth and go between. And that banter's funny. It kind of gives a, 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 a lightness to what's yeah. going on until it all starts going wrong. And uh, like I said, watch this. It's bone crunching kind of gore. <laughs> Not like you know rip. You know, it is somewhat gory. Like there are gory moments, but it's more about like the sound effects and the swiftness and like, you know, it's that impact. That's why I bring up like memory, uh, misery comes to mind. It's yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we're about to break your hand. You're like, <laughs> you know, it's that like that. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Great. Well, I mean, I'll, I will for sure watch it, especially since it's your number one and I own it. So yeah, I'm a great excuse to watch it. So I guess, I mean, if you guessed my number one, I mean, can I guess? I mean, you can guess. I mean, it's probably pretty obvious, right? I think it's It Follows. Yeah, it is It Follows. And in fact, I rewatched it because I didn't have confidence in it being my number one. However, when I rewatched it, I was rewatching it in the 2014 eyes. Yep. Because, because I went by the South by Southwest premiere mm-hmm. instead of following the rules, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, Regardless, for 2015 at least, out of the movies I've seen, I have a long, long list. 
and that list is even longer now with Bone Tomahawk of movies I haven't seen. But out of the movies I've seen from 2015, It Follows still hits number one for me. And there's a lot of reasons why I understand why it might not hit for people and even for you. But what, what It Follows does is it also, and I won't say what my number one for 2016 is, but it was going to be my number one for this year. It hits on the same theme. It's it's suspense. It's not about what is the worst that can happen to you. It is what is going to happen to you. However, It Follows does both of those. It Follows has this overwhelmingly sense of dread, but when dread catches up to you, it's exactly as bad as you pictured it. It's breaking your knees backwards. It's snapping your neck. It's doing these things to you that you're, you were originally terrified of, but you like an old lady chasing you. What do you have to worry about? Right. Your mom killed you by humping you. Right. What? Yeah, exactly. Mom, (laughs) mom, what are you doing? Don't open the door, mom. Don't open the door. Okay. So yeah, like it just like the, the soundtrack I would, argue is 30 percent of that film uh maybe even more yeah uh, it's good uh, it it's it follows along with those films where the silence is the most uncomfortable part and and then it builds up to lead you to believe something's going to happen and nothing happens they really play with you emotionally but i think in this movie it takes about 35 minutes to get um, to feel like a- empathy for the main character because you really don't know her from go. Right. Um, but you really start to feel for this person. And it, it turns into this thing, like I talked about, like we're talking about now an emotional film over a horror where I, I would argue emotions are – 10 times more terrifying than someone chopping your arm off. And I think you really feel that with this girl and her friends who seemingly can't get like, just let her go. Like, and then you, then you start to realize like humanity is at risk in this film. She's giving up her humanity. So for people who don't know it follows like it, it's essentially an STD, right? Like, this is a terror, a ghost, a demon, whatever you want to call it, that travels through sexual intercourse. And it doesn't stop there. So, like, if I catch It Follows, <laughs> you don't ever get a proper name for it, I can pass it on to someone. But if they die, it comes back to me. So then you're also never safe. You're never comfortable unless you live your life following the person you gave it to. And what kind of life is that? This movie is so much more horrifying on the on the level of living your life than anything else. Like mm-hmm. Freddy? Yeah, Freddy's going to kill me in my sleep. I get it. It follows? <laughs> I never know. I, and I don't even know what form this thing's going to take. And sometimes you see like some of these forms and they're fucking terrifying, (laughs) but sometimes they're not intimidating at all. 
in the in the part where they're on the beach and she's finally relaxed, and you just see this person walking behind her, and you know no one else can see this person. And if she would just turn around, if she would just turn around, she would stop, she would run. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't happen. And this thing, you see her sister, see her hair get pulled up above her head. And finally people believe her. This is another movie where like, you're with the protagonist and you see everything they see, but you're frustrated because no one else sees what you see. You're in their shoes. So it's validation, right? The first time you see her hair get pulled up by this thing, you're validated. You're like, yes, these people finally see like what this girl's going through. They don't think she's crazy anymore, except it doesn't. Like they still think she's crazy. And this kid, mm-hmm. like, why did you break my door? Why is this happening? And it doesn't, you know, it it never resolves necessarily for this person because. And it follows in this world, you're never safe. And that's the scariest part of this movie. You're never safe. Like, you you can't get rid of it because it will always come back for you. And I think that's like the scariest part of the film is like, you can escape Jason. You can kill Jason. You can kill Freddy. On, on paper. <laughs> I mean, maybe you can't. Uh, you can never escape this. And uh, it, it's just, for me, rewatching it, thinking it might not make number one, man, uh, there's so many times in my life where this could have applied to me. It follows his HPV. <laughs> like, it's terrifying. There's no, like, there's no way to get around it. Um. If it makes you feel any better, this is my number one as well. <laughs> uh, I, I felt the same. And I do I do feel like it. when I first saw this movie, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Upon second watching, I watched it with uh, a movie buff friend of mine. And I immediately was like, okay, the, the acting isn't as great as I remember, <laughs> you know, that, that type of thing. And I started apologizing for it or whatever, <laughs> but the, the sum of its parts are what really give it its strengths because there are weaknesses in the, in the film. But like you said, there, there are so many strengths as well. The music, the, it almost feels like if Steven Spielberg uh, directed a movie and I know that's really high praise a horror movie but it does have that like stranger things kids on bikes vibe where it's these kids tackling some things that they really shouldn't have to be worrying about right now in their live lives um and I guess for me I can I, I agree too that it, it is that overwhelming sense that you are never safe but not only that but once you get it, you have to make the conscious decision to give it to somebody else. And like, how do you go about figuring navigating that whole thing as well? And yeah, I don't know. There's just so much about it. It it feels sort of like a, a send up of eighties horror. Um, And there's also this weird, there's like, it's like our world, but not quite because there's some technology there. Like the girl who's reading on this, like, 
clamshell makeup thing. That's the one hangup my wife could not get out of that movie. She kept trying to figure it out and she kept asking, she's like, where are they? I'm like, why are you paying attention to this? Who cares? That is not what this movie is about at all. It is. That is. And he's watching 70, he's watching 60s sci-fi. Yeah. She's got like an egg tablet or whatever. Clamshell iPhone. Um, One of the, the other things I noticed upon rewatching is how many like little, not Easter eggs, but background touches they did where, um, you know, sometimes you'll see in the background, somebody's walking straight towards the camera. Yeah. Straight towards the character. There's some times where it's, what's that? Especially the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's just times where you'll notice, I think I just saw somebody clearly walking right towards the character for like a split second. But also when he's watching some of those movies or when the characters are watching some of those movies, if you listen to what's being said there, it's basically illustrating the relationship between the friend, the male friend and the main character and that type of thing. So there are a lot of little touches throughout the movie that kind of add up to, to edging this back into number one for me. I will admit having seen it multiple times now, there are it has its flaws yeah but but if you get past those it is a very strong movie okay. well done <laughs> yeah are you done <laughs> yes we're done <laughs> um look i'm not going to tell you that it's bad so don't brace for you know like the you worst you said it was your number four right it was number four i i i admit that it's it's good if anything it's contemporary and it's it's novel you know um, I do have an axe to grind with this movie, I think, in particular. I think it's like a personal axe. I, I think it's the high praise that it's received, and I think it's the people that go out there and they compare it to things like Spielberg and Wes Craven and, and Carpenter and that stuff. Oh, boy. That, that really seems uh, – I was always bothered by it. I was bothered by it on release. If you go to Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, this is one of the highest rated horror movies of all time. And really? I don't, no, no, no. I don't get it. I, again, not saying it's bad. It was on my list in a year that I said, I think I have a lot of B movies, right? Um, to put this though in the rare air of the best movie, the best horror movies of all time, um, you know, by, by ratings and accolades and praise, I think it's a bit much. And I think it's from a social movement. Um, of, you know, standing up for, you know, uh, sexual awareness and sexual predators and a lot of things that people are extrapolating from this movie that I can see why they would draw those conclusions, but I don't necessarily think they were ever meant to be there. Um, the director, I've forever have tried to figure out exactly what the ending of this movie is supposed to be telling. The director himself said that the concept came from a nightmare where he was just constantly being followed and couldn't escape. And he says a lot of his stuff is a lot of his idea for the script was like dream logic. That's why a lot of sense things are weird and they don't make sense. But you put that together and then people take it out and they're like, it's a metaphor for sexual STDs and everything. And they run with it. And I honestly feel like the accolades are just kind of setting up a platform for them to make a political opinion. And I think that's why the movie gets some of the feedback that it does. Because while I agree that it's a good movie, it's definitely a good movie. It's a good horror film. And I, it's again, it's number four. It's on my list. I'm not trying to crush it. Um, I have a lot of issues with the plot itself, um, that I think take me out of the horror movie overall. Um, first and foremost, Josh, you mentioned that you can beat Jason. You can beat Freddie. Um, you can beat it follows if you walk at a brisk pace. No, you can never beat it. 
It will change you till you're dead. Right. But you can just walk faster. Like that no. is so much of the movie is just, it just walks. If Jason you were just, walks, if you had two apartments and you drove to one and then drove to the other and you kept doing that. It's um, not always the same being though. That's the thing about it. I understand. Well, we're not, we don't know what the full capability of its right. powers I are either. I don't, I don't. Which I is leaving it open. And it is like, it's not punk anymore. And you're a punk rocker. You're, you're like, oh my God, people like horror movies. I hate it. Like that, I like, don't think so. I don't think that's the case at all. You uh, said you didn't like it because it had a high Metacritic. That's not why. That's not why I didn't like it. It's not that I didn't. I think it's undeserving. That's those are different points. Uh, I don't uh, mind movies that that score well. I think it's undeserving of that high praise. Also, um, I I really didn't like the fact that in the movie nobody can see it, but apparently they can all fight it. You can't see it, but you could shoot it, and you could throw a, a blanket over it, but you can't see it when it's coming. It's like. It's so it's like it's like so what what the hell is it is it is it a real thing is it not a real thing like in the way they they play with that I I I just I don't know um I, I again I think it's a good movie I do but I that's all I think it is I just think it's a good movie um, I feel I, like I was just gonna say I feel like what you are saying is that it might have been left a little bit too much to interpretation to the point where they didn't really specify enough. Like you could, like you can say, sometimes you can say things and they're so broad that anybody can take anything out of the statement that you sure. said. And, right? and I actually think your point of, you know, like if you had it, would you give it to somebody else? Right. Um, that's a really great like topic to play on. I, I wish the movie did more with that, I think. And then also, you know, like. Does that actually play to like, you know, if this was if this was AIDS or if it was HIV or something like that? Does that actually play? Are those are those the same? I don't necessarily think they're the same. I don't think they're the same decisions. Um, but I like the, I like the thought. Like I like the thought provokingness of it. And I do think mm-hmm. it, it does have its moments where it is scary. Um, again, I don't not like it. I think rewatching it, I actually think I, I rewatched it this week too, bracing for this conversation because I've had this conversation <laughs> with other horror movie friends. And trust me, I understand. I'm all, I always feel that this is one where I feel like I'm left out. You know, I just feel like I'm left out because I don't think it's the greatest movie of the decade or the most refreshing horror movie of the, you know, the new century or a 95, a Metacritic, you know, this is up there with like the epics of the industry. And, uh, I just don't get it. Um, so again, I'm, I'm not trying to crush it or anything. It's just, I knew this was, well, this one was going to come up. And, um, so yeah, I, I just, I have some, some different thoughts on the movie than I guess that are normally popular. I don't think it beats my number one for next year. I don't think it's the number one movie of the decade, but I think it's a lot of people do. I think it's a remarkably original horror film. And that you don't agree with the parts that I think that make it remarkable. And that's fine. Cause yeah. we talked about last two episodes ago, how there's so many different genres of horror that it is impossible. Uh, and the fact that you, you and Lucas lined up last episode is astronomical yeah that, yeah that is actually kind of crazy and i love that we don't share you yeah. know like that's the thing we all come here with with different ideas and i only knew that that was gonna be josh's movie just from having known josh for so long and we've well, shared yeah. this type of stuff i didn't want you to think well my worry is that you thought that you made a uh judgment on me based on popularity and that's what i didn't want no no mm. actually i think i think um 
as I talked about, like in our intro to our shows, right? The type of stuff that we're into, I think the genre would appeal to you in more ways than it would appeal to me. Um, I think your empathy for other things and, uh, your, your, I think your causes that you really believe in, I think would make this movie appeal to you more than it would appeal to me. So honestly, it had nothing to do with its popularity. I literally just looked at it follows and was like, that's a Josh movie. <laughs> I was like 100%. I know Josh and I guarantee you that's going to be Josh's number one movie. And I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm going to have to be the guy that argues with Josh on his favorite movie. Here's what I would say, because Lucas and I are going to outvote you. However, I know. what I would say is um, when we do our recap show, I would challenge Lucas and I to both watch Bone Tomahawk and yeah. specifically revisit this rating because I know we talked well, about like I want to rewatch, but we've never had a disparity like from one to four between the three of us. Yeah, I think this is worth a revisit. That if we if we watch Bone Tomahawk, that we revisit this. And, and I I, think- I'm all for that. I just want to yeah. say like I realize that my issues I think are personal and popularity alone. If you just look at like widespread opinion. I'm completely outvoted. I have no problem with this movie being the representative for this year. I, I like the movie. I own the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm too. So like this, this may not be un- unprecedented. It might be the first time, but I think we need to be open to um, when we do that recap. Show. I'm very interested to hear what people think if they watch it. Cause yeah, like the whole ghost part of it really bothered me because they fight it and they have this whole thing and they try to electrocute it. They shoot it. It bleeds, but you can't see it. It doesn't have any matter. It's like, what the hell is it? And then you realize that they couldn't kill it at all. And they just live with it anyway. And it's just like, well, then what was the point of any of it? Which is where I kind of come back to the, to the writer director's original points of it, you know? And I, I think the STD idea, the extrapolation of that, I think is a powerful one. I wish the movie actually leaned into that more. I think it would have made a better movie. Yeah. I think all of that is loose interpretation that people are pulling out of something that I'm not necessarily sure is there because it's not on record. The director didn't like put it there. The writer didn't put it there. Like, yeah, that's just what people think about it. You know, like they leave it very open-ended in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Can, well, I mean, this just speaks to the year 2015 and kind of the, the time that I had with, trying to figure out what my list was going to be. Can I quickly run down some of the other movies on my list that didn't top the top three? Absolutely. Uh, Creep was a very big. You said it right uh, when Josh leaves. Yeah, I know. He's a, I'm afraid that's what he said is his 2016 movie. So are you sure on that date? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I thought it was 2014 and it's 2015. Well, I guess maybe we'll find out. Maybe it has a chance to come back in, in 2016, uh, Crimson peak, which we talked a little bit about, uh, wasn't going to make the list, but still it was kind of like, what happens when I go back and check out these movies again? Del Toro. Uh, and yes. uh, I, I rewatched Crimson peak. It's another one that I own. I rewatched it this week for pe- preparation for this one. And it did, like solidify that it's it's a horror movie but it's not um one that i'm like particularly overly fond of it's okay it's, yeah it's a bit slow it's a bit predictable um i think outside of jessica chastain it's not particularly like outstanding Notable. or memorable yeah. my wife loves charlie hunnam jacks 
from Sons of Anarchy. And mm. um, I think he's not a great actor. And so I tease <laughs> her about him quite often. And watching this, uh, actually, last week is the first time she watched this movie. And she was like, oh, Mojax, just, just stop. <laughs> Get back on your motorcycle. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Uh, this one bears rewatching because I, I had a hard time, uh, being able to sit down and watch it. What we do in the shadows, which is the comedy vampire movie. It's another very one highly, liked. very highly touted. I don't know if I didn't like it or if it was the issues I had, uh, the voices was a Netflixation <laughs> with Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. I remember it being way better than I thought it was going to be interesting. Look on sort of. If I remember correctly, psychosis or uh, the um, just mental illness in general. Unfriended. That was, was on my short list. That surprised really? me. I think the movie yeah. is a lot better than people it's think. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising oh. at how well a, a, a show about people sitting at their computers and talking to each Here's other. Here's another thing. Can, it's can, very yeah. foreshadowing for, for host. Um, which we'll talk about in, in a future episode, but um, Unfriended was kind of like the first kind of take on that, and uh, I think they do it very well. Yeah, I thought it was. You told me. I think you had said that it's worth checking out because I was interested in it, and you and you said, "Yeah, do it," and I did, and I didn't regret it. Um, what I did regret was checking out a movie that escaped my radar, and I remember seeing a a, a trailer for it in the theater, and I thought it looked cool back country do you remember this movie oh. yeah uh it was a the bear attack movie yep. a couple goes hunt or a couple goes camping and uh it's a bear attack wow what a stinker it's it was not great <laughs> it i was very disappointed especially after watching something like the revenant where you're just like holy cow nature can be really brutal sometimes <laughs> yeah um another one of those movies like bone tomahawk where the the reality of the the situation and how the what can happen to your body uh it had great effects except for the bear <laughs> um and the couple the two main characters were just i couldn't stand them so <laughs> really bummed about that one because i thought it might be a, a sneak in like at the last minute top the charts mm. deal so yeah there you go a lot the most movies i've had so far in one year yeah, My shortlist included Unfriended, The Final Girl's Spring, Sinister 2, The Lazarus Effect, The Green Inferno. Lazarus uh, Effect is one that keeps, keeps coming up. Oh, and Lazarus Effect is on my list too. I put Insidious Chapter 3 on the list, but it, it's not good. Yeah, that was like number four on the uh, billboard charts yeah. <laughs> or whatever. So Lazarus Effect has Mark Duplass in it. Yep. And, yeah. and Mark Duplass is in my number four movie for the year, uh, which is Lucas, Creep. Lucas That's said it right when you stepped away. away. Uh, I was like, it. no, Josh missed it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had it watching for me because I liked it a lot. I just don't know if it tops these others. The Creep hits new levels of film. And that's why it would have been number three if I hadn't had to rearrange my order for films. Um, it's just so different. And if you look into like how he came about doing this, like I, I think it adds more to the enjoyment of the film, like knowing the backstory. Um, so like I, I missed Lucas's list, but for my list, I had creep, which would have been number four crimson peak, which I haven't seen. 
That was my number five. Um, Extinction, which has Matthew yep. Fox, who was in Donnie's movie, but it also has Jeffrey Donovan, who was in Touching Evil and Burn Notice, who I absolutely love. It doesn't hurt that he's from Massachusetts. Uh, um, and that's a film I didn't even know existed until we started doing this research, and I just wow. didn't get to watching it. Um, Krampus. I started watching Maggie, um, but it really didn't seem like it was going to fit our style. I wondered about that podcast. Uh, basically, it's you know Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Ab- Abigail, Abigail Breslin's dad. She gets bit by a zombie, and the movie's about like the degradation of her becoming a zombie. And he has some like tie to a, a person or a corporation who's letting her get out of the hospital so we can deal with her. On his own. Jolie Richardson's the wife. She's a very great actress. I'll still finish the film. I just, I stopped watching because I didn't think it was going to fit with our, what we're going through. I'm glad <laughs> I didn't then because I like Arnie. Uh, I wondered if it was, would, would fit into this. He seems to be acting very well, which is uh, uh, not typical Arnie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lazarus Effect made the list. Poltergeist, the Sam Rockwell remake mm-hmm. made the list. Yeah, uh, that was on the Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. It's a good one. Um, the Visit and We Are Still Here. That's the rest of my list. We Are Still Here. Have you seen it? I No. I watched it. Um, preparing for this was when I found... I did not think that was particularly good at all. Um, kind of good as a indie horror movie. Like it's not not worth watching, but middling. The director is not um, what I would argue uh, a great director. <laughs> I read his first movie that was something like Playmates Gone Wild. The International Playboy's first movie, Ghouls Gone Wild. Yeah, my wife was like, oh, my wife looked at me and she was like, I want to watch that instead of this. Yeah, his second movie was We Are Still Here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, it's it's unoriginal. Sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> okay. Gotta start somewhere. So, I mean, it's fair to say that we've got our movie for 2015 and it follows. And that'll do it for us here in this episode in 2015 as we look forward to the year of 2016 as we start to round. We're over the hump. It's a hump day. Like we're, we're rounded in the form headed towards home. So uh, we hope you join us on the next episode for 2016. But until then, this is the end friends. Hi, I'm Chucky and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho. 